Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Happy Wednesday, friends and faithful listeners. Thanks for tuning in to the Bible Explained podcast. And hi, my name is Jen. I am the host of this podcast, and I am so excited that you chose to join me this morning to discuss some scriptures with me. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, donkeys and also (laughs) cross-dressing. So this will be a fun episode, won't it? All right, so let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 1 through 5 today. I'll be reading out of the WEB version or the World English Bible, as I always do. Feel free to pause the podcast to go grab yourself a beverage of your choice and also your Bible. And let's go ahead and start reading this. Deuteronomy 22, verses 1 through 5. Once again, I'll be reading out the WEB version of the Bible. You shall not see your brother's ox or his sheep go astray and hide yourself from them. You shall surely bring them again to your brother. If your brother isn't near to you, or if you don't know him, then you shall bring it home to your house, and it shall be with you until your brother comes looking for it, and you shall restore it to him. So you shall do with his donkey. So you shall do with his garment. So you shall do with every lost thing of your brother's, which he has lost and you have found. You may not hide yourself. You shall not see your brother's donkey or his ox fallen down by the way and hide yourself from them. You shall surely help him to lift them up again. A woman shall not wear men's clothing. Neither shall a man put on women's clothing. For whoever does these things is an abomination to Yahweh your God. I have so much to say about verse five. It's going to be really, really fun for me to talk about that verse, the cross-dressing verse. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and talk about uh, verses one through four, which talk about how finders are not keepers, basically. So it says in verse one, you shall not see your brother's ox or his sheep go astray and hide yourself from them. You shall surely bring them again to your brother. So if you see somebody's like animal just wandering out of the field of somebody's like property you don't just like ignore it you go and get it for your your neighbor and you bring it back to your neighbor again and you say like hey like i saw your sheep wandering so i went and got it for you here you go and you bring it back because that that animal belongs to your neighbor and it is not nice obviously to just ignore when your neighbor needs help Even if your neighbor doesn't know at that moment that he needs help, eventually when he discovers that his sheep is gone, he's going to be very upset. And potentially, if you went and got that sheep for him, it could have avoided a whole mess of issues. That sheep could have wandered for, you know, like a mile or more and that owner would never find that sheep again. And I mean, that could be very detrimental to a family back in these days, especially if it was a poorer family that only had a handful of sheep might be uh, very detrimental to have a sheep go missing. Not to mention an ox. I mean, like an ox was a big giant animal that was very, very expensive to own, but also could fetch a fantastic price at the market and feed many, many people or also do a huge amount of workload. So if an ox goes missing, that would be terrible for that family and uh, it would be Not so good if a person just decided to like walk the other way when they see this happening. 
It says, however, if your brother isn't near to you or if you don't know him, then you shall bring it home to your house and it shall be with you until your brother comes looking for it and you shall restore it to him. So this is, uh, you know, very against one's nature. I think a lot of times in our American society, we kind of have this idea of like, oh, it's not my problem, so I'm not going to deal with it kind of thing, which I can fall into that, too. I, re- I really do. I actually do fall into that quite a lot. I'm kind of just like, yeah, that's somebody else's issue. I don't have to deal with that. But God is kind of saying here, like, no, it is your issue because this is what you do out of the kindness of your heart towards somebody else. So God is saying, like, when you find this animal, you bring it into your own house. You use your resources to feed it and take care of it until someone comes looking for it. And then you give it back to him. Basically, there was nothing in it for this person (laughs) at all. He couldn't keep that animal if the person came looking for it. He had to like use his own money to feed this animal. And he couldn't he couldn't even keep it in the end, you know, so there's nothing in it for this Israelite person. But this is the same concept that Jesus talks about where you go the extra mile for somebody Kindness is part of being a Christian. That is what we are supposed to be. We are supposed to be kind to other people. And it's very difficult to be kind to people. I'll be honest. I, I have a hard time being kind to people. I um, went to go visit one of my friends actually recently. <clears throat> and she lives in or closer to the city. And let me just tell you how unkind I felt towards people when I was driving through that city. Because I'm a country bumpkin, and I do not like cities. And I certainly don't like people getting in my way in cities. I have very little patience for that. (laughs) So I was just like enraged in my car with all these like city drivers that are just so rude and so awful. And I'm just like, I need to remember here that I am a Christian and not try to run somebody off the road because I'd rather run somebody off the road right now than uh, be a kind Christian that God tells me to be. (laughs) But the fact is, Jesus was always super kind. And this rule here in Deuteronomy 22 mirrors Jesus. And it mirrors God's heart towards people. Jesus was always so kind towards people who were not kind towards him. I mean, look at Jesus on the cross where he tells God the Father, he's like, God, please forgive these people because they don't know what they're doing. As they were like spitting on him and insulting him and, you know, totally mocking him and mocking God that entire time. But yet Jesus was so kind and compassionate. So this kind of law where we're kind to somebody, even when there's nothing in it for us, even though actually not only is there nothing in it for us, but it actively takes a toll on us, is part of being a Christian. And I think that's why some people really, really have a hard time with Christianity because it's difficult. It's very hard to do. It's hard to give of yourself in that way and get nothing in return and even potentially get like, insults in return or actually I have a similar story to this I forgot about this so one time my husband and I were driving home and uh, there was this dog on the side of the road the cutest dog ever and we named her Pixel 
We just decided on a random name. So we brought her home and it was raining like it's cats and dogs that day. Like it was raining really hard. So we brought her home and she was very muddy, very, you know, cold, very shivery. So we bathed her, this big, massive bear of a dog. We, we bathed her and we cut the knots out of her hair and we fed her. And like we put an, an ad out on Facebook that we had found this wet dog on the side of the road. The people who answered the ad, they were so mad that we picked up their dog because we didn't we had no clue. But this, the dog was actually in their property, but she was on the road like in front of their house. And we had no clue. We didn't know whose whose dog it was. It was a very busy road. So we just, you know, opened our door and let the dog in. And so uh, the the people were like almost acting like we stole their their dog and they were very mad at us. We got like no consideration at all they came over to the house grabbed the dog and left but that's what it means to be a christian we do things that take effort on our part and we may not get thanked from anybody in this lifetime but god sees those little things there's a verse in scripture that says that if you even give somebody a cup of water in jesus's name you will be blessed for that so even like some a small thing that you do for somebody else in Jesus's name, God sees that and he will bless you for that. So even though my husband and I did not get blessed for that dog incident, God did see that. And he sees when you do something kind for somebody else, even though it may not uh, pan out in your favor sometimes. But then moving forward in verse three, you shall do this with the donkey. You shall do this with his garments, you shall do this with every lost thing of your brother. So it doesn't matter what it is. If your neighbor lost something, you return it to him. And if you know it's your neighbor's, you return it to him. Because if you don't, then it's stealing. Now, I don't know what the rule would be if, if no one came and claimed it. I would guess at that point, it would become your property. I don't know that though. That's my own opinion. But I would guess that that's what would end up happening. But if somebody came looking for that thing and you did your effort to try to restore it to whoever it belonged to, then God will see that. And it says here in verse four, you shall not see your brother's donkey or his ox fallen down by the way and hide yourself from them. You shall surely help him to lift them up again. So if somebody is struggling with one of their animals or really anything, they're struggling in some way. God says, don't hide yourself. Instead, help your neighbor when his ox or his donkey has fallen down. You know, and I guess nowadays that could be like somebody with a flat tire, somebody who needs help on the side of the road within reason. Also, I should mention, though, because, you know, I'm a girl. There's no way I'm helping like a weird hitchhiker on the side of the road. There's a difference between like being kind and helpful and also like putting yourself in danger. I should mention that also. Um, there's definitely room to avoid shady looking people. And there's other ways to help also. Like say you're a girl, <clears throat> you know, driving down the side of the road and you see somebody who has a flat tire. There's many ways to help with that. You can help by, you know, calling your dad or your husband to go help them if they're able to. Or you could call the police or something to get somebody out there to help that individual that's on the side of the road. But I'm not saying that you girls need to go and uh, help a shady looking dude on the side of the road. But let's move forward here to the 
women not wearing men's clothing and men not wearing women's clothing. I actually have a pair of jeans that are men's jeans that I wear weekly. Like I, I put them on probably a couple times a month. I love these pair of jeans and I wear them all the time because they are so comfy. So am I breaking this law because I have a pair of men's jeans and not just a pair of jeans, but I also have a pair of men's, you know, t-shirts. I have quite a few men's t-shirts. Is it a sin that I sell unisex Lion of Judah t-shirts in my t-shirt shop right now? Uh, This has been sponsored by P40 Ministries. Check out your Lion of Judah t-shirt now. Link in bio. But anyways, is it wrong for, you know, a girl to wear men's clothing because of this law here? Well, no. And actually, I, I, I grew up in a church that often used this verse to control the way women would dress. The, the church that I grew up in was very, very, very conservative Baptist. And you were supposed to wear skirts, skirts down to the knee or lower. You had to wear pantyhose and just there was all sorts of crazy rules of how a woman would dress and how a man would dress. And if you wore like slacks to church or if you wear jeans to church, that was like a huge no-no. I'm pretty sure there was a couple times that uh, people were actually asked to change, which is absolutely crazy to me looking back on it now. But this verse was often used. And I know with my sister's situation, it would be interesting, actually, if she could come on the podcast and talk about this um, because she had a way, way crazier situation with her church. A lot of times in order to control the way women dress, this verse is used out of context. But what this is talking about is honestly the trans movement. The whole thing that's going on right now in our society that I'm hearing more and more regularly is that gender is a social construct. In other words, socially, we defined what gender was and that, you know, a girl can be a guy and a guy can be a girl. But that's not the truth. Society did not define what a gender was. Birth decided what a gender was. You are your gender when you come out of the womb. That is very strange to me that people want to say that uh, gender is a social construct. It is not. It was defined at birth. And God is the one who created man and women from the very beginning. He created a man to be a man, and he created a woman to be a woman. I'm actually going through a study right now at my church, and it's called uh, True Woman 101, Divine Design. And a lot of it is really talking about the roles between the two genders and how they're so different and how God created each of us so different. He created men so different. He created women so different. One of the things that fascinated me in that book was the fact that women have a curve to their arm that men do not have. And this curve is what makes women throw footballs very awkwardly. (laughs) And I just loved that. I was like, yes, I, I, I throw like a girl. I'm sorry, I can't throw a football. Like I'm not sporty in the least. I can't throw a football. But the fact of the matter is women by and large, have a curve to their arm that men do not have. And this curve is actually what helps them hold babies in the like feeding position better, whereas it's more awkward for a man to hold a baby, which if you've ever seen a man hold a baby, you will know that to be the truth. (laughs) 
<laughs> it is a little awkward looking, but it's cute. I mean, I've seen my husband hold my niece before. It's cute, but it is a little awkward. And that's because women were designed differently than men were. Women were designed with a higher body mass index, you know, than men were. That's because women were created to have babies. And I just love all these different things that this book is talking about, about how women are just so different and that they can never become a man. When God puts this law in place about cross-dressing, where he says, a man should not wear women's clothing and vice versa, he's saying those lines shouldn't start becoming blurred because God created male and female from the very beginning. He created them with special roles put in place. And you can see now with, with how those lines those roles are being blurred. People are no more happy. They are miserable. This, this entire movement of how gender is a social construct or whatever is making people like more and more miserable about themselves. It's making people look at themselves and be like, I was not created perfectly female by God. I was not created perfectly male by God. I was, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my body. I need to change my body. That's not healthy. And then we're sticking women in these roles that they are just not able to do. And same with men. Men are going into these roles that they are not able to do. And because they're not able to do these roles, even more and more, they're getting like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this role that other people are telling me that I can do? Well, it's because you weren't designed from birth to be able to do that role. And then it just gets worse and worse and worse from there. And the start of all of this is this law right here. The lines being blurred, men putting on women's clothing, and the same with women putting on men's clothing and trying to become that other gender that they were not created to be. It's the, This is the start. And so God is nixing this from the very beginning. He's saying, don't do this. Because once you start doing this, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And people are going to be miserable and unhappy with the bodies that God gave them. Alrighty, faithful listeners. So grab your Lion of Judah t-shirts. You will find the link for them in the bio of this podcast episode. But friends and faithful listeners, I hope to see you tomorrow, which by the way is my birthday. Woohoo! Happy birthday to me. I'll see you guys tomorrow for my birthday and for also an episode out of John. See you guys tomorrow. Happy listening and God bless.